I'm Tara. I'm Ryan. We love Disney movies. So we decided to watch them all, from Snow White to Frozen 2 and beyond. Each episode, we'll watch a different Walt Disney Animated Studios film and tell you all about it. Did we like it? Does it hold up? Who's our favorite hero? Or villain. We'll give you history and fun facts about each movie. And sometimes, we'll invite our friends to watch along with us. So put on your tiara. Or your evil crown. And join us on our adventure. This is Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. Hello, listeners. We are back with another great episode. We are talking about uh, Disney's Tarzan from 1999. And we have another uh, very special guest who's also a part of our Three Timers Club. Yes, the second member of the Three Timers Club, uh, which will probably, I think for Bree, soon become the Four Timers Club. Like I know, Bree will... will uh, Age out of the Three Timers Club soon, but it is Bree. So hi, Bree. Hello. Welcome back. <laughs> uh, now, Bree, I know you specifically, I think, asked to do this movie. I don't know if you asked or if we said, hey, here's what we got. And you were like, ooh, Tarzan. I have not seen this one. I'm shocked you haven't what? seen this one. I, again, I am a senior oh, in high school at this no, point. No, I know, but like Tarzan is, I feel like Tarzan is a story that, you would have been interested to see it at some point. Am I wrong in that? I'm not that the you've, biggest Tarzan, but I like him, but like I like lore. the kind of early, like, kind of adventure novel stuff. But let's hear why, why Brie wanted yeah. to, to do this one. <laughs> uh, so, I, yeah, I actually don't remember why I picked, Star- or when I picked Tarzan, because I feel like I don't remember ever not knowing I was doing this episode. <laughs> uh, just like I kind of almost don't remember having not seen this movie this is i've seen this movie more times than any other movie ever by far um movie or disney movie any movie any film you've seen tarzan wow yeah any i remember when i was a kid um we had a little portable dvd player and we would go out of town a lot to see like grandparents and stuff and every single time i had the tarzan disc in that portable dvd player (laughs) I started counting at one point, and I lost count at 16 times, and that was when I was still a kid. Wow. That's great. I love it. So, a uh, diehard fan. Oh. Well, I'm excited to see it for the first time. Yeah, I remember loving it. I definitely saw it in the theater, uh, and I remember really enjoying the music from it. I loved Trash in the Camp. I mm-hmm. loved Turk and Tantor, like my two favorite characters from this film. Uh, so yeah, I'm really excited to see it again because it's been a long time since I've seen it. Um, I the biggest memories I've have of Tarzan are the f- one of the early levels in Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> oh yes, yeah. Uh, because it was also very weird because they do. I think they do this in the movie too. But like when he speaks to animals, he's very eloquent. But when he speaks to people, he's like me, Tarzan, you Jane mm-hmm. does that stuff. Yeah. Um. And he did that in the game, and I hadn't seen the movie. I'm like, why is he, like, sometimes very <laughs> easy? Like, like, sometimes he can talk, and sometimes he sounds very strange. Well, and to just interject a fact in here, uh, at the start, apparently, and now I can't remember who does the voice of him. I have it written down. But whoever does the voice of him, uh, supposedly they wanted him to do a British accent I believe a British accent when he talks with Jane because she kind of teaches him English and Mm. then an American accent when he talks with the animals. And that was supposed to portray 
you know, he's using a different language, even though like we hear it in English. But apparently that actor could not do a convincing British accent. I was going to say, Tony, I don't remember that at all. Yeah, it doesn't happen. Yeah, Tony so Goldwyn. it didn't happen. Tony Goldwyn was the actor who was the bad guy in Ghost. Oh, wow. <laughs> I didn't know that. Uh, the guy who, spoiler alert for Ghost. So I've never seen it, by the way. Oh, they <laughs> don't share. Well, he's a oh, bad I've, guy in I've Ghost. I've probably heard everything about Ghost. it. Yeah, yeah. But, um, um, but yeah, he apparently couldn't do a convincing British accent. And then another fact I have, I know we're kind of going out of order here, but while we're talking fine. about him, he also could not really do the Tarzan yell. <laughs> Very convincingly. And so uh, Brian Blessed, who plays Clayton, he, after noticing that Tony couldn't really do it, he went up to the producers and he said, you know, I can do it. And the producers at first were like, no, we're not going to do that. And then he did the yell for them and they were like, okay, yes. So he, (laughs) so Clayton does the yell. So anytime in the film, it's Clayton. It's not that's Tony. not well do you, i think so first off i think it's pronounced brian blessed oh sorry i don't exactly know because it's but he's like such a prolific actor and he is just he is basically a beard and a mouth like that's yeah. he's got this big beard he was in i know him from flash gordon he was like the king of the Hawkmen. oh okay we should probably watch flash gordon sometime it's a nutty movie um do you know him from anything else i feel like he's been in a million things he's big shakespeare oh uh he was Hamlet's dad in Kenneth Branagh's Hamlet, oh, like the oh, ghost yeah. of Hamlet's dad. Yeah, my favorite Hamlet ever. Like you ever, he's like oh, this big beard. He's like I'm Brian Blessed. He's, yeah, this boisterous uh-huh. personality, and to hear that he's Clayton, which so I don't know a lot about Clayton. Again, my big takeaway from Tarzan is the uh, Kingdom Hearts game, and he doesn't talk much in it. Weird. It's a weird thing yeah. where it feels like. They couldn't get Brian Blessed in for very long, or they didn't give him a lot of lines. He's confusing because, like, Hades has a lot of lines. Oogie Boogie mm-hmm. has a lot of lines. Ursula has, like, they got the real actors. And then I, I didn't really, so I don't know much about Clayton. And mm-hmm. they don't talk about him a lot in any of the behind the scenes things I saw. That's I don't know if any of you have a reason for that. I don't no, know. I, yeah. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if he's like a, like, he's a bad villain i don't know i don't think that's it but yeah that is an interesting Mm -hmm. observation okay uh i guess we should kind of jump back to the beginning now so it was 1999 it got an 89 percent on rotten tomatoes top three movies that year star wars episode one the phantom menace the sixth sense and toy story 2 all of them were great (laughs) yes uh do you like the phantom menace i uh, that that's the one star wars movie i really watched Oh yeah. Like when I know you just watched the, yeah. the watched episode 4 for the first time. I haven't seen any of the originals since I was a very small child. Um, oh, right, right, right. But when that one came out on DVD, the first one, um I just rewatched it all the time for cuz it was all I knew of Star Wars, so I thought it was really cool. <laughs> I have a, a, a what may be seen as a hot take. I think it's the best of the prequels. Mm-hmm. I don't watch the prequels very often and I have reasons for it, but that's my thought. Uh, I don't. Did I say that number eight was "The World Is Not Enough"? You did the, not know James, James Bond. Bond. <laughs> I want to make sure we got that in there. A very underrated James Bond uh, theme by uh, the band Garbage. But that's neither here nor there. Let's talk a little bit about. Well, a little bit more about the music. It did win for original song. Mm-hmm. Uh, it won for "You'll Be in My Heart." Phil Collins did the music to the movie, and uh, it is the last Disney film in Disney's Renaissance period, and it's the last Disney film both short uh 
animated short as well as animated feature to win an Oscar award until 2012, uh, the short Paper Man won an Academy Award yes. for best so short. Good. Love Paper Man. Yeah, so good. So, I think Paper Man is kind of what kicks off like the group that does we'll learn about it when we get there but like wreck it ralph and frozen mm. and like kind of that the the newer the disney cgi resurgence Got like it. not pixar but the the disney animated yeah. studios um can we talk a little bit about phil collins and the music oh yeah. sure go i've got ahead. some facts have, about yeah, it yeah go right ahead uh, i didn't do a ton um on that so i thought this was an interesting story apparently there's a meme out there where it's like hey phil it's just a song about a guy in the jungle don't work too hard and then it's like a dude playing a piano and it's on fire (laughs) and it's like phil collins didn't have to work so hard on this music but he did for you and me (laughs) like but so apparently he honestly did they went to him and he said okay i'd like to start working on this like when the very early stage and they go well we haven't really gotten the story nailed down we'll do that and then we'll come back to you with like these beats and what we need Mm -hmm. in the stories a month later he had submitted three songs that that are in the film i don't remember which ones they were but they're like Three songs that made it. Yeah. He was like, yeah, just kidding. I went ahead and wrote these songs before <laughs> all this I, stuff. I feel like we read about that with Howard Ashman when he was talking about Little Mermaid and he's like in, in front of the animators and he's like, so let's just say you had a song and at that point he had already written, you, you know, oh, a yeah, chunk of the of music. World. Yeah, he'd already written. So it's like a similar thing. I love that Phil Collins was so enthusiastic. He apparently, this is the first time Phil Collins had recorded anything and other languages because he did it in all the languages oh you stole my fact oh interesting (laughs) i stole your fact i was well i was gonna make sure that we talked about this because well here let's go back and and you can interrupt me so that's all i have about phil collins um no you've probably you have something you've probably researched the fact if you brought it up i just kind of knew it from um what i do one of my favorite ways to practice a language is to listen to disney songs in that language because oh, I'm very familiar. Really smart, yeah. a smart tip. Yeah, I'm. You're. You're. All, if you watch Disney, you're already familiar with those songs. Um, you. They generally have simpler structure and they're clearer to understand. So you, like, I remember learning grammar terms because of these these songs that I heard. But I would listen to the Tarzan soundtrack in different languages because I freaking love it. And I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> this is Phil Collins. And I switched to another language. I'm like, this is also Phil Collins. And I switched to another. <laughs> they did a thing in the, uh, uh, why do I want to say back to the future? I don't know what I'm talking about. In the making <laughs> of, I saw that was like, they just played, uh, I don't know the songs very well, but it's one that goes like, do, 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 do. Is that one by him? Sure. When it happens, I'll say it, but they started playing. Maybe it's a, <laughs> I may be confusing it for an actual like pop Phil, Phil Collins song. Yeah. Um, Cause I do love me some Phil Collins. He's great. Um, but uh, he's just playing and they'll just switch it to a language in it. And he sounds really good for someone who I don't think knows those languages. Mm-hmm. I yeah. wonder if he felt any pressure because I know Peter Gabriel made a big deal. Peter Gabriel, who was the lead singer of Genesis before of him that, Phil Collins was in the band. Sorry, that's not for you. I know you know this, uh, <laughs> no. Bree, but um, it's it's for our listeners out there who might not know that. Um, I know you knew it too. I didn't want to yeah. like no, make it sound like I was being Phil uh, Peter Gabriel does a lot of German albums, so I wonder if that, to my that ultimate off on him. pleasure. Oh my gosh, I found them on Spotify, and I was beside myself. I was so excited. 
That's awesome. Did I tell you about him or did you just discover him around this? And I was like, oh yeah, I knew about them because my sister's a real big Peter Gabriel. I, might, I don't know. I feel like I found them on my own, but I do that a lot where it's like, I told you about that. And I'm like, oh, you maybe did? Maybe not, maybe not. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah, yeah. Know. But I just, I know my sister, like that was something I gave her for a gift one time as a German album. And I was like, do you know German? She's like, no, I just love Peter Gabriel so much. <laughs> Um, but the, yeah, I'm wondering if he picked up any of that from that because he does sound very good. For yeah, I don't think speaks these languages. That's awesome. The other fact I read, which I think is conflicting, so I always like to point these out Uh-oh. when I find them, is that they say Phil Collins was chosen to do the music as a deliberate move from show tune music, and I don't think it conflicts. But they that's they said that's why they also chose Elton John for Lion King. So I guess it's not necessarily a conflicting fact as much as it's just like they're making a statement that they wanted to move away. From that show tune music, but I think they have moved away from it since Lion King. Well, I they, don't know that it's. I, I although I guess Pocahontas kind of has um, Mencken, yeah, and then I guess he's also in Hunchback, but Hunchback's music is very different. I yes. think. Now but, we, I will pull back the curtain a little bit. We are recording this a little out of order, so I don't know if they who is doing the music for Mulan. We haven't done that research yet. Yeah, so I know Phil Collins play. comes back for Brother Bear. He does. Oh, yeah. I don't think I knew that. Yes, he. I think I think so. I don't know any of the music from Brother Bear. I I know this one because I like trashing the camp because there's a version I with NSYNC. That. Yes, and yeah. I was kind of a uh, 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 I wouldn't really uh, a a secret NSYNC fan. Got it. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I also wanted to talk a little bit about their original story and Bree. I believe you were reading the original yes. story as well so i did want to talk a little bit about that i'll just give kind of like the little blurb i looked up on it sure. and then you can kind of talk about you know your insight from it from reading it yeah. recently but the original story was created by edgar rice burrows and it first appeared in um the novel tar the character tarzan first appeared in tarzan of the apes and there was a magazine publication of that in 1912, I read. Yeah, you like it was kind of one of those old adventure stories where they do like serialized versions and release them every month yeah. in, a, in a men's magazine. And then there was a book publication in 1914. Since then, there have been 25 sequels, uh, several authorized books by other authors, and then innumerable works in other media, both authorized and mm-hmm. unauthorized. So it's obviously become this very big story. I also have... Something to talk about when it comes to race um, and some of those depictions. I don't know it if It may wanna... be hard to believe that race wasn't handled well <laughs> yeah, in the 1910s so I've... with a book about a white man who lives in the jungle. Yeah, so I have just <laughs> one one little paragraph about it if you want me to read it here or if you want to talk about it later. It's totally let's up let's to go you. ahead and talk about it, yeah. So this is, again, from Wikipedia. It's not a super deep dive, but it kind of seemed to sum it up, so I wanted to share it here. But it says that the Tarzan books and movies employ extensive stereotyping. With changing social views and customs, this had led to criticism, including changes of racism since the early 70s. The early books gave a pervasively negative and stereotypical portrayal of Native Africans, including Arabs as well. Hmm. And it says in The Return of Tarzan, Arabs are surly looking, that's in quotes, and call Christians dogs, in quotes. And uh, while Africans, black Africans, are... uh, Ebon warriors gestulating and jabbering. And that's also in quotes. It sounds about, so, about uh, par for the course. There are more. There's more. That's on not that. as bad as I've experienced. Yeah, there's more on that. I just kind of want it to say that that's out there uh, because it is based on 
yes. this original work. We'll have to see after we watch it, like how we feel about any <laughs> depictions. I don't know. As yeah. far as I know, there's only white people in this movie, yeah, but, but I don't know. But Brie, I kind of just wanted to also get your thoughts since sure. you read it recently and, you know, maybe how it compares and contrasts to what Disney did and that kind of a thing, especially since you know the Disney film so well. So this, I, I started, I had wanted to read this book for a long time because I love the movie so much, but it was never at the top of my list, so I never got to it. And I started reading it for this podcast and I chose to stop reading it for this podcast. Oh, did you? It yeah, was, was um, it? I got halfway into it, um, which is right about where he meets the Native Africans. Okay. And it was so uncomfortable that oh, I, I decided I had enough knowledge <laughs> and I just yeah. stopped. Um, the characters are all very different. The story's quite different. His relationship with the apes is incredibly different. There's a whole lot of stuff that they changed for this movie. Um, but it's pretty bad. He focuses a lot on the differences between races and features and... Got it. Yeah, yeah. going back, especially with these kind of adventures... My biggest experience with it was reading the James Bond novels, which I think weren't nearly as old as these, so they're probably, big old air quotes, better. But I re- it becomes... Well, in James Bond, it's very... Sexism is well, very prevalent in that as well. Ian Fleming makes no qualms of the fact that he hates gay women. <laughs> like, oh it's ridiculous it. how much... It's just, I'm reading, I'm like, oh. And it's ridiculous for me to say, boy, they really were more... Pro- those those uh, Sean Connery James Bond movies were way more progressive than the books. So just think about what that means yeah. <laughs> in general. But I got a little... I tried, I read Goldfinger... And I got a little bit through Casino Royale, and I was like, I'm just going to like these movies. Like, I'm cool with just liking these movies. Um, Yeah, I mean, that's... I don't want to say these were low writing or anything like that, but these are are supposed to be, like, men's magazine stories and things that, like, they're not for a wide audience. They're made specifically for a certain audience, and they're, you know, while adventurous and fun and have some, some good elements to them, like, are dealing with, like, some of the lowest common denominator readers of that time, which would include people who, you know, these views. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure that we talked about it a little Absolutely. bit. I don't, again, I don't necessarily know that we're going to see that in the Disney film, but that may also be because they just took all of that out. Yeah. 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 Um, um, one thing I, Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Brie. Oh, I was going to say, have you um, looked into how many adaptations there have been of Tarzan since the book came out? Uh, did you have the actual number? I just had like an estimate. Yeah. So Brie, if you want to go ahead, that's I good. might, I might only have an estimate and I don't have that page open right now, but the book I have has an introduction where they're kind of explaining the background behind like, Hey, this is a warning. This book has sensitive issues. This is for, <laughs> this is for information and education only. Here's some background. Um, that's oh, I interesting. Like that I they... don't think that I've, I've seen that in a book before. Yeah, I yeah. appreciate that they put that in there. This is a Oxford World's Classics. Uh, I don't remember what the number was, so I'm just going to say one, and I could be wrong. Sue me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think but there was like a 30-year period um, sometime in the last century where there were, I think, upwards of 50 Tarzan movies. Like wow. they were making movies, one or yeah, two yeah, a year yeah. or so. I well, I can't remember the name of the 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 uh, 
actor who was like the they most ha- prolific I have star. It. I have Star it in Wars, here. most prolific Tarzan. I don't know why I'm thinking <laughs> of other things on my head today, but yeah, I do. You remember? Did you ever go on the Great Movie Ride where they had that animatronic that was basically just an animatronic on a vine? Johnny Weissmuller. Yes, Johnny Weissmuller. Yeah, but it was Johnny Weissmuller on a vine on the Great Movie Ride at uh, uh, Disney MGM mm-hmm. Studios. You just go, ah, and you just go to the other side. My Tarzan yell. We'll, we'll, when we come back afterwards, I promise we will all give a chance to doing our own Tarzan yell. <laughs> I think that's great. No, no. Uh, and talking about talking about the, those movies in particular, uh, the Disney movie does reference things from uh, Johnny Weissmuller's movies, the Me Tarzan Eugene mm-hmm. that comes from those movies. Tarzan wrestling with crocodiles uh, oh, is yeah, in yeah, both, yeah. and I also read Jean's costume at the end of the movie when she's wearing more of. She's not wearing her English getup. She's more in her Victorian like, getup. Yes, her Victorian. Yeah. Excuse me, her Victorian getup. She's more in a jungle getup. I don't know yes. that that's the right way to say that. Uh, I mean, I think she's wearing like something made. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so that apparently connects to that. Those movies. I will say, guys, uh, not a whole lot of time with this movie. Just seeing some stuff in the uh, things. I thought I was done with cartoon crushes. Turns out. You love Jane? I was kind of into <laughs> Jane. Um, definitely love her voice, Minnie Driver. I'm a yes. big Minnie Driver fan. Yeah. She's, apparently she brought a comedy to apparently that Apparently she ad-libbed yeah. a lot, too, yeah. when she first comes back and is describing that she saw Tarzan. I, she, I think a lot of that was ad-libbed, I think I read. I didn't see that it was ad-libbed, but they definitely say she came in and brought like a humor to the character that mm-hmm. wasn't necessarily there on the page originally, and they, yeah. they really jumped at it. Um, and to talk about, you were saying that she was your crush. I did want to just focus on, uh, they brought in the, now I'm going to Tarzan. They brought in a professor. They hired a professor of anatomy to consult yes. because they want it, uh, about Tarzan's musculature. They, and so he superimposed the correct types of muscles over their drawings so they could really highlight like what a very fit individual like someone at the prime of his fitness who would be moving the way tarzan was through the jungle what muscles would be focused on so this was a joint venture between the la studio and the france studio oh okay and part of the reason they did that is glenn Keane wanted to go who did who was the supervising animator for tarzan mm-hmm. wanted to go to france because he, he said i had this feeling that they would do really good with it and they focused on tarzan there it was interesting he was talking about like t- jane was drawn in la and tarzan was mm-hmm. done here and they're like and somehow <laughs> it, you know like and they still like fall in love and do it yeah you know, they have a lot of stuff there they have a lot of, of emotion, even though they're not necessarily like they would send pages over and then the Tarzan people would fill it out. Yeah. But a lot of the animators in France were had studied a lot of anatomy, too. Mm. So that was some of it, as he said, that was, you know, what he felt really helped them nail the character. I think it, it brings a uniqueness to his character and a believe like a believability. Is that a word? Do we think? Now, uh, yeah, I but know Tarzan he's believable, is, yes. I guess, is a word. <laughs> I know Tarzan is on screen uh, and only a loincloth for most of the movie. Is Tarzan a hunk, speaking of cartoon crushes? Absolutely. I, I mean, yeah, I yeah. guess so. Yeah, I don't know that he was like one in my... I'll, I can get back to you after I watch it again. But yeah, I feel like he's got I'll, that quality Listeners, I'll let him. you know if Tara's like fanning herself I know. and like opening her, her collar. Like, mm. I have some thoughts about his appearance, but uh, we haven't seen it. I love that he has... He's got this longer face. He's got this prominent chin and his hair is 
this messy he's not your typical like handsome disney male protagonist he's very unique and i think they did a great job of showing his personality and his face since a lot of times he's not communicating as we would well, yeah, yes, that's, an that's interesting a very point. good point. They make a big point about how this one had less dialogue than a lot of the mm-hmm. recent movies. And mm-hmm. so a lot of it, I was interested to watch that because they showed a lot of like uh, dialogue light scenes. And I mm-hmm. was like, this is really interesting. And they really focused on trying to get the emotion through the facial structure, the facial, uh, I don't know what the word. I'm, facial expression. <laughs> thank you. I don't know what is going on with me today. It's okay. Uh, but yeah, like those type of things and the interaction between the characters more. Yeah. But the thing that was interesting about this, one of the things they thought was really good about the medium of animation versus live action is this was the first. So in the books, he can talk to the animals, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they hadn't really been able to show that on screen, like mm-hmm. him interacting, you know, other than just like a trick, like Cheetah, go do this. He has, his chimpanzee, I think on the show, is named Cheetah mm. and <laughs> Cheetah would go do something. Yeah. And now it's like, well, now these are characters that can interact and you can mm-hmm. learn about like he has a whole uh, plot line that's about I don't fit in with the apes and my father won't accept me and blah, blah, blah. And those type of things. That was something that could never really be done with this story, except in this medium. Mm hmm. No, that's a great point. Also going back to... Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> also going back to how he was animated, they uh, based a lot of when he moves and slides down the logs and, and different tree limbs and stuff like that, they based it on Tony Hawk. Yes. That's so, what it was. Yeah. I knew this fact from when the movie came out okay. because it was drilled into my head by like Disney Channel or whatever. Yeah, yeah, Which I yeah. know is ironic me going, oh, it's too cool to watch this, but I was at home watching <laughs> Disney Channel. But anyway, I remembered that and I could not find the fact to, yeah. like the other day. And I was like, there's a shot they showed a bunch of times where he's carrying Jane and you, you listeners can't see this, but like the the things crisscross mm-hmm. and his legs, his legs go, yeah like really quick down the uh-huh. thing and i was like this is impressive yeah i remember loving all of, like being really impressed by all yeah. of that in a theater it was really cool to see that well i've got some information about some other stuff with that about the uh, the cgi used in those scenes okay um it was a program called deep canvas and basically what they would do is they would make these like colorless. It's interesting because in game design, we call that like gray boxing or white boxing. Mm. And it's like, you make very simple shapes to create the idea you want in, in video games in like a level. So you can go in and get the flow and everything like that. And in this, it was to get the scene. And then this was, they would have the artists would go in. They're starting to actually use like uh Wacom tablets or whatever, you know, just to actually paint directly onto it instead of, you know doing like going on and and doing ink and paint over it they were doing it in the computer in this one but Mm -hmm. that's why they made a big deal like they were really pushing this deep canvas because that means you can go in and like it really felt like you were moving through things more than like the multi-plane camera or anything like that yeah and then they'd animate on top of that so be watching you know it was interesting to watch this because i always thought like disney used to do uh hand-drawn animation and then they switched over to cgi what a bummer. It's like, no, it was a slow process. Like, we've been watching this come yeah. all the way from Rescuers Down Under, and it's definitely leading to where they are now. I agree. Yeah. And I think when you watch the catalog fully like that, you pick up on those nuances a little bit more. So I have a fact about Rosie O'Donnell uh, voices Turk. So they say the reason Turk is female in this movie. So I guess, I don't know if Turk 
is based on. I guess is Turk supposed to be the character you Cheetah? were talking about? Well, is there a is there a monkey best friend? Ex- excuse me to all our, our ape listeners. <laughs> I apologize. Is there an is there an ape? Uh, I believe that's Turk. There, I don't know if is is there an ape in the book that's like oh his in the best book friend? I don't know. Yeah, in the first half of the book I read, he doesn't have any like animal companion. Yeah, so I don't know if it's based on other media, but they say female in this movie. So it's obviously that he had a chimpanzee friend who was male at some point in in one of the adaptations or potentially the original. But the reason they went with a female voice is because they saw and heard a lot of male actors who auditioned and it just never clicked. Mm -hmm. They weren't really finding it. So I don't know how Rosie O'Donnell came in if they were looking for a male voice actor. I'm not sure how that happened, (laughs) but she came in to audition for it and they said it just immediately clicked. And Rosie O'Donnell, uh, when referring to the gender change, this is what she said. You don't have to be a guy to be a best friend. I was like, yes, Rosie, I love you. (laughs) Well, I like that because you don't (laughs) see a lot of like women best friends at this point in time of the male character. Mm -hmm. There's like, we're starting to get the gay male best friend of the like main female character in movies, but we don't see this dynamic a whole lot. Yeah. So I just, I really thought that that was kind of fun. I, Can, I just have a personal fact I want to give and that's, I had no idea Glenn Close was in this movie. Yes. But remind me. <laughs> she's Kala. She's that's his mom. Right, yeah. Because, and this is after. Best Disney mom. Re- oh you, yeah. Kala is great. Well, I mean, let's be honest at this point, <laughs> there's not a lot of Disney moms yeah. that make it. Yeah. 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 Movie. Um, but I was just, I just, you know, the last Disney thing I think of with getting close is Cruella DeVille a few years earlier, mm-hmm. where she is wild. Yeah. So then they're playing so this, great. this, uh, scenes with Kala and Kala is very calm and very nice. And I'm like, well, who is this? Is like Glenn Close. I'm like, get out of here. And Glenn Close had a lot to say where she thought she liked that it was a mother who had lost a child and was trying to adopt or, or, or find someone to kind of fill that gap. Mm-hmm. I think she took it from, she took it at a very mature place that I yeah. don't know that, well, I'm not an actor, but I just didn't expect that from that character, right? Yeah. Uh, well, let's focus. I've got a little bit on Clayton and then some things to look out mm-hmm. for, but I've also got look out for things with Clayton, so I thought we'd talk look about out. it. Yeah, look out. I've got some Clayton uh, facts, too. Oh, yay, great. Uh, so I have that Disney villain book that I mentioned a lot, and I'm going to actually put a link to it on the Facebook page uh, at some point because one of our listeners uh, reached out to me and was curious uh, about it. So if anyone else is curious about it. I'll, oh, about the book. About the book. about Clayton. Yes, sorry, about the book. Just I'll, I'll put it out there if you're curious and you want to get a copy of it. But um, they mention that uh, one of the co-directors of the film, Chris Buck, said everyone brings something to the character. And with Clayton, Brian Blessed was that guy. So we just drew Brian. <laughs> So they said they very much like kind of just based Clayton off of Brian. And I had mentioned that the Tarzan yell is Brian. And he said that that yodel, he called it, was from when he was a boy and his friends would mimic the Johnny Weissmuller. Weissmuller's Tarzan call. In the, they'd just be out in the woods playing and they would mimic this call. And I'm, so that's how that kind of came to be for him. I was born in the early 80s and I feel like I still did that before like jumping off a high dive <laughs> or yeah. something. Like it's just something like ingrained in the in the cult culture for such a long time. Yeah. The other uh, thing I wanted to mention about Clayton and then Brie, I'm excited to hear what you have to say too about him. His outfit was apparently designed to appear like sabers. 
uh, the yellow fur to designate him as the new villain. Because Sa- <laughs> Saber's the, the leopard, I believe. Is he a leopard? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The leopard fin- earlier in this movie? Yes, in this movie. It's like, like S-A-B-O-R? Yeah. Am I saying it right? Sabor, Sabor maybe? Is it not Sabor? I have we'll no, find I have out. No I didn't know he had a name. Yeah, again, it's S-A- Kingdom Hearts is just the leopard. Yeah, it's S-A-B-O-R, and several facts I read reference that name, so I might not be saying it right. That's fine. We'll figure it out when we watch this. Uh, but, we're, we're lovers, not experts. Yes, but <laughs> Clayton's outfit was designed to appear like the leopard's yellow fur to designate him as the new villain. Mm. And when he first appears, when Clayton first appears, he's covered in shadows that supposedly give him the look of spots. That's an interesting so. choice, considering Jane's dress is yellow, as far as I remember. Yes, yeah, her, yeah, it is yellow. Do you know that's why they have their spots or like giraffes and stuff? Is it supposed to be wherever uh, they are? That's the way the, the the shadows through light look. Oh, interesting. Isn't that interesting? I never yeah. thought about. It. I was like, why spots? Just thought it was like a well <laughs> design choice. And by that's un- the by, Lord by or nature. evolution yes, or whatever. Uh-huh. Uh, but also, when the leopard attacks Tarzan. Before he attacks him and the gorillas, if you look closely in the jungle, you can see, apparently see the leopard camouflaged in the jungle. So that's another lookout thing. But Bree, what do you have about Clayton? So I was very surprised uh, when I was reading the book and it introduces Tarzan's father as John Clayton, Lord Greystroke. Oh, interesting. Um, Clayton is Tarzan's dad and... He's not the villain in the book um, because his dad dies. Spoiler. Whoops. Um, <laughs> it's like the first five seconds. You're fine. Uh, <laughs> um, well, I but, will tell you, he has a great mustache in the right? pictures I saw of him. So so Clayton, Lord Greystroke, is sent to Africa because there's a settlement there that the British government, I guess has heard reports of the people in charge of that settlement are treating the black British citizens poorly. And so he's going there to see if this is true and kind of report back. Um, and then they get, they, there's like this whole bit with pirates that's really exciting and they get basically hijacked and the pirates dump them on some shore somewhere and they have to fend for themselves. Um, but yeah, it's, it's his dad. This sounds like its own adventure story. Yeah. It was, the pirate part was real fun. I was reading too that most of the movie takes place in the era of like 1911 because of the viewing of Halley's Comet. But then they reference the original shipwreck happened in 1888. So they must be referencing the shipwreck you're talking about. And I guess in the story, I don't know if they talk about a shipwreck in the, in the Disney version. Oh, I don't. I don't remember what time. So they it was might be referencing the original story there, because mm. that was a fact that I was a little confused on. So that makes a little bit more sense with that one. Uh, just a couple other things to look out for. Apparently, there's a set of a teapot and teacups in the camp, and they supposedly <laughs> bear a resemblance to Mrs. Potts. I think I knew this. And her yep. teacup children is how they were described. Uh, and when Tantor sees them, Tantor is scared that they'll come to life. So that is, I love Tantor. I'm pretty sure I had a Tantor stuffed animal talking about uh, Tarzan merch. I think there was another little trivia fact like that. I remember playing the trivia on the like menu in the DVD. And oh, yeah. like at one point, Jane's dad is held upside down and shaken. And so all his like pockets are overturned. And they're like, what famous Disney character or something falls out of his pocket? And it's like the dog from Mulan or something. You are 100% right, Brie. I have that fact. So 
Good call going down memory lane. Yeah, the gorillas pick up uh, Professor Porter, mm-hmm. uh, her so her father. And yeah, it's apparently a beanbag toy of the dog. And I think the dog's <laughs> name is Little Brother uh, yeah. from Mulan. So yeah, that's awesome that they shared that. Again, in the we're recording commentary. out of order. So if you've already heard, Little Brother has become our favorite character <laughs> uh, at this point. Yeah. Uh, I've got one or t- one one more thing to look out for, and then I wanted to highlight the musical, which I didn't know existed. So I just mm. wanted to talk what? about that. Yeah, yeah. So I'll get there. <laughs> oh no, because I didn't know about that either. Uh, but another thing to look out for is the lighting in Tarzan's duel against the leopard. They say is very symbolic. So whenever Tarzan is safe uh, from the leopard, he's always in the shade. When he's vulnerable, he's outside of the shadows. And they say that this reflects how gorillas were safe in their shady and secluded tree nests. So that that's Mm. kind of how they would, um, you know, seek safety out in the jungle. So I just found that kind of interesting. So the musical, which I didn't know existed, uh, this was something that was highlighted very quickly in the villain book. And I was like, hold on, I need to look this up. (laughs) Tarzan on Broadway opened May 10th in 2006. It was nominated for one Tony. So it was nominated for Best Lighting Design. Didn't win, but Mm. was nominated. Uh, The songs were written by Phil Collins. The book was David Henry Huang, I think is how you say it. Um... It ran for 35 previews and a total of 486 performances. So it didn't have a super long run, but it's been staged in several other countries and also by regional theater as well. How did so, they do him like sliding, doing all the Tony Hawk I, stuff? So I didn't go into a deep dive. I it just, should have been all on like roller skates, like like uh, yeah. Xanadu or <laughs> Yeah, <something>. I will <laughs> say this guy, he leaves the whole time. Yeah. yeah, a call to the listeners. If you've seen Tarzan on Broadway or know anything about it, we would love to hear from you. You can send us an email. You can post on the Facebook page or call. 707-YO-TRPD-1. <laughs> That's 707-YO-TRPD-1. Uh, and then the other fact I have, and I wanted to check this with you if you remember this. I read that it's the first Disney movie to open at number one at the box office and win an Academy Award since Pocahontas. Is that accurate? From our, our past research, I don't I don't know. We haven't done a whole lot since Pocahontas. Like Hercules, yeah, wasn't none of those opened Mulan. at number one. Yeah, so yeah, so it's it, it probably is accurate. So I just found that kind of interesting. interesting. Well, that's all I got. If you guys are, are ready to go, I, I think it might be time. Do you guys have anything else? I don't. Bree, do you have anything else? I mean, I've got a whole bunch of notes from the book, but that I think they're not completely relevant right now. So I think we're. I mean, good. do you want to jump in while we're watch, like when we're discussing it later, and be like, "Oh, in the book they did this." And oh, there's a lot of things I want to say later. <laughs> great. Oh, okay, yeah. Great. Oh, I'm so excited for awesome. that. Awesome. Well, so let's stop the lane. We'll get the VHS out of the clamshell and stick it in the VCR. <laughs> Hold on. What? When do we switch to get the DVD? We out don't. Of the it's always going to be the VHS. <laughs> All even, right. Even when it's when it's Raya and the Last Dragon, it's <laughs> okay. always we. It, it will always be the clamshell forever. All right. Well, do you want to say that again? No, I like where we are. You okay. just say your line. All right. We'll see you on the other side, listeners. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. All right, Brie, go. <laughs> Hold on, I gotta stop laughing. Oh, jeez. Ah! <laughs> are your are your roommates home? 
Yeah. Okay, that's going to be fun to explain later. We're back. We're back, guys. <laughs> we thought we'd give our best we'd give our t- best Tarzan yells. Uh as the first time I'm seeing this, that was really good. Yeah, I liked it, it was a lot. great. I laughed, I cried, all the things I normally do. Uh, it was really wonderful. Bree, as this being your 900th time to see it, how <laughs> did you did it, did it hold up as well as it ever did? Yeah, I always enjoy it. I um I always cry at the end too. I didn't really at this time, but I think it's cuz we were kind of chatting too and I wasn't like maybe I'm getting tired of it. <laughs> yeah, we talk a little bit during these, but we like I was cheering at spots. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, yeah, like I got really excited at certain things. I got sad at certain yeah. parts. Um I didn't cry cuz I'm a big strong boy, uh, <laughs> but uh I did. I I don't I think it was more of the shock of what happened mm-hmm. and less of like Yeah. I don't know. I also wasn't super invested in that character. Like I like we'll get to it in a second. Yeah. <laughs> but guys, uh a big recommend. Let's get going. I know I know Bree's got a, a schedule to keep, so we're going to try and do this as, as best we can, guys. Go Let's through go. my notes quick here. Yes. Uh, so what I found interesting, I'm always keeping an eye on the opening credit sequence. Uh, the title comes out almost immediately. So we see the title of the film very quickly, mm-hmm. which that's been a little bit different than what we've seen recently. Yeah, we've had some, some cold of the last opens films. recently. Uh, <laughs> the other thing is, <laughs> Brian said Tarzan's mom can get it too when we were seeing. Did I say <laughs> yes, that? Yes, you said what? that. Uh, Ryan was into Tarzan's mom, so it oh, opened I missed with... I was thinking you met Kala, and uh, I was like, when did I say uh, that? No, yeah. Tarzan's human mom. Yes, Ryan yes, had I a crush on Tarzan's human mom because we see the shipwreck, so the... the... Apparently I'm just into Victorian ladies. Yeah, I don't the, know. Um, the fact I was reading about referring to Haley's comment in the shipwreck with the years uh, that I mentioned at the the beginning comes they're referring to the film they're referring to this shipwreck and estimating when it would have been in Mm -hmm. time and then Haley's comment so uh we it opens with this shipwreck and it's kind of this montage it opens with Phil Collins two worlds one family I don't know that that's the title but that's like one of the main choruses so I'm gonna go ahead and say it I think this is my favorite song um mostly because they do such a cool job in it of like it's one key when it's them, and it's a different key mm-hmm. when it's the the monkeys. No, when it's the uh, when apes. It's, yeah, and and that was really interesting to me. It tells a story like there's no dialogue during. No, most no of that. dialogue at all for the most part, and we're seeing the struggles of both families. We're seeing the shipwreck and how they get they they come onto shore and what they have to do and how they start building their home. When it cuts to the apes and it cuts to the gorillas, uh, we see what's going on with that family and we see that Kala loses her is it a cub how do they refer to gorillas Ooh, I, don't, I, don't I don't know that they're I'll, cubs I'll, I'll but... look that up here in a sec but yeah, yeah Sabor, but the Sabor the... and it is Sabor not Saber Sabor the leopard um we see him off camera like in the in the trees mm-hmm. uh take their child and so she's childless now and we kind of see that happen and this whole montage, it's it's it really is a beautiful opening, and it very much gets you to the heart of the story very quickly. Baby, and baby gorillas are called, actually called infants. Oh, <laughs> that makes sense. I also know goat is a kid, a goose is a gosling, and a grasshopper is a nymph. Oh, interesting. So just up there, check out zooborns.com. <laughs> uh, then we hear a baby cry. So the music 
fades out and then comes back in at the end. But it fades out here. Kala follows this baby cry because she's just recently lost her infant and she follows it and finds this tree house and it's Tarzan's house. And she sees like bloody footprints. Um, so we know something pretty tragic has happened and Tarzan is kind of hidden under all of these trunks and, and fabrics and, and cloth and things like that. And as she and her are exploring, Tarzan's very cute as a baby and little Tarzan too when he's like a child yes. when he's a little bit more grown up but not fully an adult is super cute. But they're like exploring one another and get getting to know what's different, what's similar, and it's a really sweet scene. But then you realize that Sabor is hiding and waiting. Sabor is menacing. Yeah, <laughs> Sabor has a uh, Shere Khan vibe to him a little bit. But so fluid and... The, the design is so fluid and wonderful. Yeah, well, there's a very lot of musculature sleek. there too as mm-hmm. well. I know we talked about Tarzan's musculature. Yeah, and so he starts chasing him, and this whole scene is really scary. We see a lot of death early on in this film, so I do just want to mention that uh, for viewers. Intense. I will say I don't remember because I was trying to remember if a shipwreck was in the beginning of this movie at this at at the first top of our recording. Like I don't remember any of this. I just remember like Tarzan as a kid, and maybe that's because. I blocked it out or I think too as a kid sometimes we just process that stuff differently so it might not Mm -hmm. affect kids as much as it affects adults um, and vice versa but yeah we do it is a lot of darkness there and that chase scene becomes pretty scary Mm -hmm. uh, between Kala and Sabor and then the music comes back in when she saves Tarzan and kind of welcomes him home into her home I just in my head imagine Phil Collins be like movie's about to be scary I'm getting out of here folks you know like (laughs) What's what's the is it a Disney movie where they're like we told you we'd be back at the end at like the what no it's uh it's oh it's Muppets Christmas Carol yes they leave, yes that's yeah. exactly what it is they leave they during leave. um the ghost of Christmas, Christmas future, future. Like, yeah We're back we told we'll you that's back, what it folks. feels like yeah. Phil is like it's about to get scary folks I'll be right back yeah. <laughs> Uh, but then it cuts to the apes in the jungle and Kerchak is very much from the beginning. He's not our kind. Don't put our family in danger. He's not my son. And we talked about this a little bit with Hercules, like finding your place. And Mm. I feel like this has a very similar theme at like, we find later on in the story, like Tarzan realizing he doesn't belong. And a lot of that comes from Kerchak. Kerchak really doesn't let him forget. Like, you're not one of us. You don't look like us. You don't act like us. You shouldn't like be a part of us. So I think there's a lot of underlying themes there uh, that a lot of people can relate to on many, you know, many different aspects. Uh, you know, feeling like you don't fit in. I think they handled it better in this than they did in Hercules. Yeah, I think. Well, I think this—it's a stronger focus. In yeah, this they one. explored right, right. it in a lot of ways. Yeah, they explored it in a lot of different ways, and they show it in a lot of different ways. I feel like here, and then it cuts to Kala singing "You'll Be in My Heart," which is the song it won mm-hmm. an Academy Award for, and you see the bond with her and Tarzan. You know, they're really. They both really needed each other, I feel like, in that moment well, in time. Yeah. And obviously Tarzan had no one to care for him. But I think Kala, like you mentioned, was trying to fill this void. And uh, they bond. And then it cuts to her waking up. She can't find him. And now he's grown up a little bit. So mm-hmm. he's a boy. Well, he sneaks up behind her and does an uh, elephant trumpet Yeah, he's call. imitating all the different animals. Because that becomes a thing that he's very good at mimicking Mm -hmm. sounds in general yeah mostly animal sounds yeah and so turk tries to help him out at this point we kind of see that maybe they're friends but turk is like ashamed that he's friends with tarzan it's like a a secret friendship because the other apes don't necessarily approve of tarzan so Mm -hmm. turk and him kind of play 
Uh, but he's like, you know, you can only come hang out with us if you can keep up with us. And so that's like the whole bit. So then uh, Tarzan does keep up with them. And Turk comes up with this crazy plan to be like, well, to be one of us, you need to go get an elephant hair. And so you see all these elephants like just, you know, grazing kind of in the water and cooling themselves down. And that's when we meet Tantor, who is my absolute favorite. <laughs> the most uh paranoid i love like, it neurotic. like yes i love tantor as a child as an adult he finds his bravery and he's great as an adult as well but i love him as a little kid i love mm-hmm. his voice i love how scared he is of the water i love that he's like on the lookout for everything <laughs> but, but what and about he, bacteria <laughs> yeah yeah the bacteria in the water and well, I, I love how smart these elephants are because there's a thing where he's like it's a piranha when he sees well Tarzan. elephants never forget right so i think are they but playing off them of... in the first place <laughs> i guess that's true yeah because they're, so they're like oh no son piranhas are only native to south america i love that bit like, yeah <laughs> it's really good i think they capture personalities of animals well you know they at least with the elephants and the apes uh, and the monkeys, too. Those other monkeys that meet Jane mm-hmm, later mm-hmm. on. I think they do capture different personalities there. Uh, but Tantor sees Tarzan swimming around, thinks he's a piranha, and starts freaking out. And essentially, it causes this this stampede. All the elephants are terrified. They then think it is a piranha. And they run through where the apes are. And, and they disappear for most of the movie, except for Tantor, where it seems like <laughs> his mother has abandoned him. To just live with the apes. Yeah, it seems like he's just part of the ape pack uh, at that point. And then, Bri- uh, excuse me, I believe oh, it's the yes. ape troop. I Thank will look you. Up the, noun <laughs> I, I keep, the family group. Yeah, the family sorry. group. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, and while Ryan's looking that up, Bree, this is where you mentioned that Tantor is feared by all in the oh, book. Oh, yeah. The troop of gorillas. Tantor. Of gorillas. And one of the things they make interesting about Tarzan in the book when they're like, Tarzan is separate from these other creatures in the jungle who are inferior to him. And here's one of the reasons. Tantor, the mighty elephant that all even Kerchak fear. And he's friends with Tarzan. And he'll ride his back and mm. stuff. Yeah, so I just found that interesting that they played Tantor the complete opposite of that. <laughs> right? <laughs> I love it so much. So this again, after this stampede happens, Kerchak says he will never be one of us. Look at him. And I, that's when I wrote Finding Where You Belong. That's where I kind of was like, we just had a similar theme on that. And then I was like, oh, it was Hercules. But I agree that I think they they del- dove into delve into this subject dove, matter a lot more. And I, again, I'm not adopted, but I think for someone who does have that feeling of not knowing where they belong, I feel like this might be a movie you can really connect with on that level. You know, I don't want to speak for individuals um, out there who have gone through that, but I, I think in general, just even when you're in school and you're trying to find, like, your group, like, your people, I just I just feel like they did a really good job kind of exploring that a little bit. And we see uh, this whole scene between Tarzan and Kala where he starts – you know, he splashes away his reflection because he doesn't like the way he looks. And then he's putting mud on himself so he can try to look more like the gorillas. And then she comes over to him and she says, forget about what you see. What do you feel? She really focuses on, you know, his heartbeat, her heartbeat. It's the same. They feel the same. And Kerchak just isn't seeing, you know, he isn't seeing what they're feeling, essentially. And I really like that scene a lot. Uh, and then there's this whole other, there's a lot of montages in this film, which I think work really well. And the next montage is Tarzan trying to be a good ape and trying to just like live in the jungle, 
but he's very awkward and clumsy. Mm-hmm. So he's imitating other animals. We're watching him grow up. We're watching him like get into situations that wind up falling in front of Kerchak and Kerchak kind of doing the eye roll of like, here's another example yeah. of why you don't fit in. Which is interesting because he's like learning to use tools and stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, you're really falling behind man yeah Kerchak. yeah you should be list this is the, the future yeah son of man is probably my favorite musical part of the movie just because of the scene and the montage of it it's so oh, fun yeah. it's a really great montage and we see him grow up we see him become a man and it's more in depth than lion king like right kuna matata we yeah. kind of see simba grow up but again well, this he just one gets a, as he's walking across the log it's exactly like, I'm older. yeah I'm this older. one it, it goes into it a much more in depth mm-hmm. and this is where we really see his movement this is where we first yes. as he becomes a man we really see the movement we talked about with his feet crisscrossing and how he glides over the logs and how he swings in the jungle and it's all very very cool uh so then sabor winds up attacking and we did see him kind of camouflaged we did yes, find you that can, yeah, you yeah. can see it if it was like painted it. into the background yeah it was really cool the way they did it and uh Sabor, that's a good point i didn't think about that that had to be a completely different artist putting that into the oh, background that's true yeah because you can tell like there was a shot where it was these flowers blooming and you could tell the stem of the flowers was background but the like petals and stuff were, yeah I, I, like, I, when I was a yeah. kid, I could always tell, like, a little bit. I was going to be bragging. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, like, yeah, I didn't think about that. That was, like, hey, like, that's a coordination between the departments. That's pretty pretty cool. Yeah. So, uh, Sabora comes back, attacks Kerchek, and Kerchek's down. And Tarzan steps up, and he steps in to fight. And he winds up defeating Sabor and gets approval from all the apes. Killing Sabor. Yeah, and then <laughs> kind of presents Sabor's body to Kerchek as kind of like a here you go. Like I'm trying. Uh, and Lunch. Let's yeah. eat him. That's what the part they cut out. That was such a great fight scene too. It wasn't a lot of like punching and face to face. There was so much yeah. movement and interaction with the background and the environment. Yeah, very much so. And also the way all the monkey or the ape circled. And I Again, believe that's something to our they ape do. And monkey listeners. We keep mixing. I know. I believe that's something, um, that they do in the wild, right? Is that something that they do? Like if what circling and yeah, hooting? circling yeah, I think and, so. and chanting. I mean, again, chanting, you know I what that say? felt like when they he gets thrown into the thing with Ka, and we talked a lot about how this felt very similar to the uh, lot the live, live action, action Jungle Book. Yeah, yeah like that's what they all do is they all oh, go yeah, around. Oh yeah, that's right. When he's mm-hmm. fighting he's Ka, like, mm-hmm. I think there's something. There's some truth to that. Yeah. So, uh, based on two Disney movies, I've seen. <laughs> yeah. So then, um, after that, they hear the gunshot. That's when we first hear a gunshot, and we know something else is in the jungle now. And that's when we were questioning: Is Tantor part of the eight pack? That's when we were like, mm, he's yeah. really just with them all the time. But so Tarzan goes to follow the sound. He goes exploring. He hears the gunshot again as the apes are moving on. Can I ask you a real quick question? Do you remember in Kingdom Hearts, does it do that where there's a gunshot? He goes, hmm, Clayton. I don't know. I I feel like he does. I don't remember. It's been a while. Yeah, I didn't understand it because I hadn't seen the movie. Yeah. 
Uh, but he goes exploring, and he's in the shadows this whole time, but he's observing Clayton, and then the professor, and then Jane. So this is where we meet those three characters, mm-hmm. and from Tarzan's point of view. And we find out that they're there to research gorillas, and we also find out that Clayton is very trigger-happy. He shoots at Good a leaf falling from the trees, which is Tarzan up in the trees. They yes. just don't know it. And Clayton's very aware of Tarzan's presence, even though he can't find him and see him. He knows something's there, and he knows it's not a gorilla. He knows it's something mm-hmm. else. Uh, but yeah, Clayton, very gun-happy. And a lot of a lot of guns yes. in this film. want to take this moment to talk about the mustaches in this film. Oh my gosh. We've got <laughs> Tarzan's dad, who's got a beautiful mutton stash. Oh my gosh, got, that was gorgeous. She, yeah, it was and then very we've good. got Jane's dad, who has the big bushy one, I mm-hmm. also like. And then Clayton's got a pencil-thin one. All very well like suited to each character, but beautiful, yeah. beautiful piece of facial hair that everyone should consider doing. I know beards are very big <laughs> right now, but let's... Bring back just mustache the mustache representation just here. Saying. Uh, but and then we said how Jane has a good cackle. Yeah, and she's so Jane kind of gets separated from them, and she's she great. Gets, I fell in love immediately. Yeah, she's, she's great. wonderful. She gets uh, distracted by this monkey who's eating a piece of fruit, and she starts drawing the monkey, and they start like kind of pantomiming with one another and the monkey sees the picture she drew and he feels like it's a very good representation of him and he takes her book and starts like ripping out pages and like throwing them around she's chasing the monkey and then all of a sudden she makes the monkey cry she makes the monkey cry because she takes the picture away and then she looks around and we don't know if they were baboons or mandrills i don't know if they're the same family they said baboon but did it yeah um but all of a sudden it's the monkey's troop yeah uh is all All around her is all around her and starts chasing jane and this is where tarzan saves her and i love as he picks her up she's like i'm flying (laughs) and then she's and then she freaks out at tarzan she this voice actress was amazing in this but her reactions during this scene like her screaming her like nervousness her excitement like she plays all of these emotions exaggerated but i think very well Real quick, a collection of baboons can be called either a flange, a troop, or a congress. Okay, I'm going to just probably <laughs> say troop because I'm that's saying, what just, apes I, are, but I appreciate the knowledge. I like collective nouns. I think I flange like is fun. Great. Yeah, flange is fun. But yeah, she's, she's scared of him. She's shouting, you know, and Ryan, you said here they wanted it to feel like a thrill ride. Yes, they said that specifically. They wanted the movement to feel like a thrill ride. They did that specifically when she's running away from the baboons. I thought that was cool too, because a lot of the times we see it, it's him running, him doing stuff for the jungle. But this had a really cool way of creating that interesting parallaxing feel that you used to get with the uh, multi multi layer camera, mm-hmm. multi something. I forgot multi-plane. what it was actually multi plane. Thank you. <laughs> um, and now they're able to do it on like an infinite basis of like. 3D art yeah. moving through there. Well, and I said, I wonder if there is a Tarzan coaster anywhere in any of the Disney parks. I don't know that Tarzan has a big presence in the Disney parks. You keep going, I'll look it up. But before but, we do that, real quick, I want to say a group of elephants is called a memory. Ooh. <laughs> I love, well, they never forget. So there that's you go, exactly. Uh, but yeah, I just feel like a, it would be easy to translate this scene, any of Tarzan's scenes in the jungle to a coaster, kind of a, a ride, kind of a thrill ride. Uh, but after that, this is when she starts witnessing Tarzan talking to the monkey and he realizes the monkey just wants the picture. So he takes the picture from Jane and gives it to her mm-hmm. and the monkey winds up taking one of her boots and her umbrella. Well, no, she loses her boot. 
when she's flying. It does it later. Oh, later he shows we find up with out the, the monkey yeah. has it. And he's floating uh, down on the umbrella. Yes, on yes. the umbrella with I one love of his the, parents. Yeah, who's like rah, 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 yeah. Like yelling. Um, Tarzan's treehouse is the representation at the parks. It, oh. it used to be the Swiss Family Robinson treehouse oh, so when I was younger. Made it so they changed into it Tarzan's, Tarzan's treehouse. Got it. Okay. It's at Disneyland and Hong Kong Disneyland. Oh, thank you for that. No problem. Uh, so I love Jane's face when she's like, it can't get any worse. And, and then it rains, and that face is great. Officer Ken. <laughs> yes. That's, that's one of my favorite, like, trope jokes in movies. Yes. I was like, could be worse, could be raining, thundercloud. Thunderclouds, yeah. <laughs> so we really liked this next scene as Tarzan is exploring, exploring her is the wrong word. He's inquisitive about her. <laughs> well, I did want to talk about this because it's interesting. There's like, I don't want to say, I don't want to say it's like, sexuality to it but there's an intimacy between them all throughout this that i found very like well i think tantalizing or interesting because jane mentions it he doesn't have any personal space boundaries so i almost feel like that but even the way they animate it when he's taking off the glove like it's very intimate without being scandalous or anything Mm -hmm. it becomes a thing in the movie i think partly because you're dealing with victorian england which is very uptight and proper and, and uh, stuffy yeah and tarzan's just like up in her face and it's interesting because he's like that but then yet still the kiss at the end spoiler alert is is very intimate <laughs> on top of that i just mm. found that very interesting the way they managed to portray that and her being like not repelled by it but definitely like i'm not used to this and yeah away. yeah well and it's a similar uh inquisitiveness that kala has with him when he's a baby not in the same way obviously but yes. kala and him kind of go through that but when they put their hands up to one another we were talking about just the way that they animated him you know um his physiology i, I think Bree said this we watch his physiology change a little bit and you see that the more he's with the humans the more he changes mm-hmm. to be more like them, like standing upright and the yeah, way he's moving his and hands stuff. and things like that. Uh, and then he tries to hear her heartbeat and she's like flustered and blushing. He looks under her dress at one point and she kicks him. Again, <laughs> well, like, he's, he has he's, no idea. He's stuck her feet and it's yeah. tickling. And then he goes to look under her dress and she's like, well, hang on. And yeah. just kicks him. <laughs> and then he starts mimicking her speech. So she realized, at first she thinks, he knows English, and then she catches on very quickly that he's imitating her and how proficient he is at it. Uh, and then we cut to the monkeys and Tantor, or the apes, excuse me, and Tantor. Uh, they come across the camp first. Mm-hmm. So uh, this is where Trash in the Camp is. They're looking for Tarzan. I love the sound effects. It's, it's such, such a great scene in the film. And you wanted to say something about... Okay, good. I'm glad because I couldn't remember if I said it during the beginning you of did the it. film. No. But it is... Uh, Phil Collins said this was the hardest one to do, but he was really excited about it because he wanted to do something very percussive. He says it's like three repeated lines over and over again, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of percussion in there because he himself is a drummer. Yeah, I think it was really expertly done. I loved all the sound effects and the way they layered on top of one another. It's all, It was always, as a child, it was one of my favorite mm-hmm. moments in the movie. And we see, we do see Mrs. Potts. We see a couple times. We <laughs> oh, they, see, and Mrs. Potts is easy to see. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, easy yeah. to spot. Uh, but then this is when they all meet Jane. So Tarzan brings Jane back to the camp and it's just Jane with all the animals. And she's pretty amazed. And she sees uh, how Turk interacts with Tarzan and how they all like know each other. 
And then Kerchek comes along because everybody starts hearing the sounds. That's how Clayton and her father come back to the camp. Mm -hmm. That's how Kerchek and the rest of the apes are coming to the camp to see what all the sound is. And he calls them all away. And that's when Jane realizes, oh, Tarzan's one of them. Like Tarzan belongs with them. And then as Clayton and her dad come back, she's describing her adventure. And it's (laughs) great. Like that's another really great scene, even if. You don't watch the whole film, which I highly recommend you do. Just go find that specific scene because it's it's really great. Uh, her kind of reenacting everything that happens. And then it cuts to Kerchak and Tarzan kind of speaks up. Like Kerchak keeps telling him, like, you need to protect our family. Like, why are you doing this? And then Tarzan then says, why are you threatened by anyone different than you? I do think Kerchak had a point. Like, I oh, think that's yeah, what made him agreed. interesting is he, like, he didn't accept Tarzan and that was bad, but he... It came from a place of, like, I need to protect my family. Well, I think there's something to be said in the jungle that when something is different than you, it poses a threat to you. I don't want to say that well, as, no. like, a blanketed statement, but... Right, well, because we as a society have well evolved beyond yes. the needs of living in the jungle. Yes. But as a, like, primitive yeah. animal society new can be dangerous it can be yeah. useful it can be anything mm-hmm. so you have to have go forward with caution and I, so. yeah i think you have to go forward with caution is probably the better way to say that but and that's the type of life we should return to okay. we should <laughs> all right even in the even in the book it was very they make it very clear a few times like the tribe of gorillas is troop, troop, is troop of gorillas. family troop of gorillas <laughs> and even other troops any anything else in the jungle is an enemy yeah and i i feel like we get that vibe from the jungle book a lot too you know mowgli's super curious can, can i will point out that he's like tarzan is a problem but they do let an elephant hang out with them like at all <laughs> times. no problem i know but we also have to remember how skittish and nervous tantor was i don't think tantor <laughs> like, Kerchak, like even Kerchak takes pity on Tantor. Yeah. He's like, oh, that poor boy. He's like, come, come be one of us. Uh, but Tarzan also here gets really upset at Kala because he says, why didn't you tell me there are creatures that look like me? You know, it's a very confusing and frustrating moment for Tarzan because yes. he always felt like he didn't belong, but he didn't know that there is a group of creatures that he does belong to, that there's a group of people, you know, um, mm-hmm. that look like him. Well, have you ever seen The Jerk? <laughs> No. Okay, well, that's. I don't know that that's a joke I should be making on this podcast. If you know, you know. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> so, uh, Jane and her father, they start moving around like Tarzan. She's, like, drawing him in chalk and, uh, you know, kind of showing her dad how, how he was walking, how he was moving. And so they're doing all of that while Clayton is shaving. And it's really cool that we can see them in the reflection of Clayton's mirror. I just thought that was a really neat do you remember, way that they did that. Do you remember when we did Peter Pan and they made Captain Hook like left-handed because it was easier to draw or yes. something like that? And now they're like, oh, we're just going to draw something backwards in a reflection. I'm like, yeah, yeah all right. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really, it's it kind of flexes their muscles yeah, a little exactly. bit. I really liked it. Uh, and then this is where Clayton says that, you know, he'll be able to get what he needs, the information out of Tarzan, because he was able to teach a parrot to sing God Save the Queen. <laughs> Clayton's got some good stories. Yeah. I ended up liking Clayton way more than I thought I was going to. Yeah, and the first interaction with Tarzan and Clayton is humorous because Clayton is just like so, he's just yelling at him. And I feel like... <laughs> and Tarzan doesn't understand. <laughs> exactly. And I feel like that is a thing that sometimes happens, unfortunately, in society when someone's speaks another language 
and somebody, I see this a lot with English uh, speaking yes. <laughs> uh, individuals where they just start talking slower and shouting at someone. Yeah. Well, she did that first. But I guess but she, she thought he... But she caught on yeah. pretty quickly yeah, 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 and yeah. then was like, oh, I'm he not... needs to be taught the language, right? Yeah. Whereas Clayton... It's pretty blatant. He's not taking the oh, time to Clayton understand. Clayton is a Tarzan. heel and has no intentions of not being a yeah, heel. Yeah, yeah, like. yeah. So then um, I think it's Strangers Like Me. Again, I don't know all the official yeah. name of the song titles. I'm more so just oh, I got out, you. like, thank you. I appreciate it, Brie. Thank you so much. Uh, but it's another montage. So now we see. Oh, is that rain? It's oh, rain. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so now we see them teaching Tarzan. We see Jane and her father specifically, and this is where we felt it really connected to the live action jungle book. It was very similar. Uh I just I just thought this podcast could be worse. It could it be could raining. Be raining. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Uh so then we see throughout this montage that Tarzan is spending all his time with the humans. He goes home to sleep with the gorillas, but then immediately he's waking up before the gorillas and going. Mm-hmm. And so Kala is also observing this Turk. The rest of them are are kind of observing this as well. How long? Because like you got two sides to it. Either it took him a long time that it would take to learn a whole language, or this is going to be a dark and spooky episode. I know uh, with the thunder. But it either took him a long time to t- t- to learn the language, which means he was doing a good job of hiding it from the gorillas, or he wasn't doing it for very long. In which case, how did you learn all that so quickly? I think it's longer than it feels like. I feel because they didn't know when the boat was coming back, but I feel like that was several weeks worth that montage. I don't know what you guys think. What do you think, Brie? Oh yeah, I mean, well, without going into learning language, what do you mean without going into (laughs) going into the linguistic part? Yeah, Yeah. I mean that's your that's your jam. Go for it. Well, okay, so I did. I I knew some basic things, and I I did a little bit more research about. case studies of children who had no linguistic input until adulthood Mm. um which i think would qualify as tarzan well there's a question here was tarzan did he have no linguistic input until he met these these people or is the ape language complex enough to satisfy those requirements and i don't Oh, interesting. I don't think that's. I, I mean, I I know I I know that's not the case because there are also studies of how primates have been taught to acquire human language, and it's they don't. Oh, you mean like Coco and? <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. Okay. Well, they they can learn words and they can put words together to form meaning, but grammar there's no nothing in the form of grammar anyway yeah that's the one thing we have above the apes i can do the usted the nosotros good so i I would say that tarzan didn't have human linguistic input until he met these guys and in that case i would say he does not learn human language fluently period uh he he can he he could make meaningful um, utterances by putting words together, some even abstract words, um, mm. like nouns that aren't concrete. Uh, but he he pro- the part of his brain that he- kind of held the blueprint to learning language and grammar has probably atrophied when he was a kid so he probably so, doesn't ever get grammar really so like teaching a parrot to learn words like they'll learn words but it doesn't mean anything oh he'll he'll get meanings he he probably okay. could get 
a huge vocabulary. Um, but he wouldn't have these words like, uh, he wouldn't have like articles or conjunctions okay, okay. or stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Oh, well, and I feel like the emotional piece, like he's very emotive with the gorillas. So I think, you know, if he knew a word, like yeah. he could have an emotion attached to Jane because he feels a certain way about Jane, right? Like that's present. So, so for how he gets, and, and when he does first start talking with them after that montage, it is those simpler sentences. So they, mm-hmm. they stick with that for a while. But after, you know, by the end of the movie, he's talking a little better. Um, but I don't think to get to that point, I would say it would be mm-hmm. years. Yeah. Are you, uh, are you taking into account the fact that they had a, a slide projector? <laughs> I was just going to say, it's also a movie and yeah. fantasy. Yeah. So <laughs> I love the slide projector scenes and them all sleeping. And he's like, just looking, <laughs> he's looking he's, through he's everything. Voracious to learn I stuff. also like that. We see Jane becoming more comfortable in the jungle. We see her kind of swinging from vines and she's sketching out yes. that one bird. And then he takes her. I love when he takes her up to see all the birds He's like, oh, no, 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 you think that's great. Like, let me show you where they live. Yeah. And I just love that moment yeah. in the montage, too. Uh, but again, Clayton asks about, you know, take us to the gorillas. And then Clayton makes Jane ask him. And he goes, I can't take you to the gorillas. Kerchak. And then so the montage picks. I believe the montage picks back up mm-hmm. after that again. Yeah. And uh, then from one of the slides in the slide projector, he sees a man with flowers giving it to a woman. And so he goes to pick flowers for Jane. And when he comes to the camp, the boat is here. So the boat's here to pick them up. All of these um, pirate-type individuals <laughs> uh, are the boat hands, uh, are deck hands, I guess. Yeah, they're, they're like one yard away yeah, from just being pirates. They're all packing up the camp uh, kind of haphazardly, just throwing things mm-hmm. around and packing things up. And Jane wants Tarzan to go with them. Her dad wants Tarzan to go with them. You know, they don't think they're going to be able to come back. He asks her to stay. So it's this very, it it makes this very um, important moment in the film where it's like, what care, what are their choices going to be around mm-hmm, this? Mm-hmm. And Clayton, this is where we see how manip- manipulative Clayton can be. Up to this point, he's been kind of intense, but in the background, yeah. right? And all of a sudden he's overhearing this conversation and he's very manipulative and he talks about Jane's sadness, not seeing the gorillas and that, you know, maybe if you showed her the gorillas, then maybe she would stay with you. Like that, that could probably happen. And so Tarzan then agrees to take them there. So at this time he asks Tantor and, and Turk, can they distract Kerchek so he can bring them to the gorillas? And so Turk is in Jane's dress and Tantor has essentially a sock puppet, but it's his, it's his snout, trunk, his yeah. trunk uh, of the professor. And so basically they distract Kerchak and he's like chasing them around. Uh, so he brings them and it's Clayton, the professor and Jane to meet Kala and Kala here, her eyes, she's so emotive. I feel like the way they drew her and her she eyes, seems very afraid. she's very she, afraid. She's very terrified. And she kind of backs up into the jungle and she disappears. And then they look up and they see that they're surrounded by the apes. They are mm-hmm. very much in the middle of where they all are. Uh, Tarzan is speaking to the apes and then they try to speak gorilla by mimicking Tarzan <laughs> a little bit here. Uh, and then, um, the father, <laughs> Professor faints because he sees yes. all of the gorillas 
And Jane is like interacting with the babies. It's a really sweet moment with everyone. And as that's all happening, Clayton is marking on a map where they are in relation to the water that comes in from like the, the sea, river and the, the river. Yeah. Um, so he can come back. And then Tarzan and Kerchak get into a pretty big fight here because when Kerchak comes back, he realizes what Tarzan has done. Yes. And he says, you know, you've betrayed us all. And Tarzan runs away. He's looking at the ship in the distance. He's very confused. And then this is where Kala's like, I should have shown you this a long time ago. And so she takes him to the treehouse where she found him. And he finds the picture of his family. Oh, I forgot. I completely forgot he dre- he dresses up here. Yeah. yeah. So Kala just bas- basically says to him, I just want you to be happy. Like, That'd be whatever- a good cosplay. That would be, is actually. like Tarzan in his, like... In his, like, three-piece suit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she just wants him to be happy. And it's really a heartbreaking moment because you know that she's already come to terms with he's going to leave. Mm-hmm. But I want him to be happy. Like, I don't want to keep him back from what he wants. And so he puts on his father's clothes and then he says, you'll always be my mother. I started getting teary here too. And then Ryan noticed that he figured out cufflinks because he's got a cufflink. <laughs> well, I went back because I figured he must have, I, I, I wonder if, I didn't look, but I wonder if Clayton had cufflinks. Cause Maybe. Well, Clayton, I feel like has more of a safari kind of a I guess he does. I think outfit. he rolls his sleeves He rolls his sleeves up, bit, yeah. Uh, but Tarzan makes the he's decision to leave. He's got those hairy forearms. Yes, yes yeah. that's right, yeah. Tarzan makes the decision to leave, and Turk and Tantor miss saying goodbye. They run, and they don't get there in time, and they're on uh, this, you know, a little rowboat that's taking them to the ship. And as they get on board, we realize that there's been a change of plans, and all of the pirate-type individuals have now captured everyone, and they're working for Clayton, and... This is when Tarzan is being held by two guys and he asks Clayton for help. And this is where Clayton turns. Tarzan doesn't really realize how evil we as the viewer know. Right. And I like that handling of the situation. Yeah. And Tarzan realized this is where I think Tarzan gets Kerchak's point. Right. Yeah. Like that betrayal. He starts blaming himself. Yeah. Starts blaming himself. I did this. I led them right to him. Uh, And then we cut back to Tantor and Turk and... They hear Tarzan yell out, and Tantor's like, Tarzan's in trouble, and Turk's like really angry because he left them and abandoned them and didn't say goodbye and all of these things. And Tantor finds his bravery here and is very much just like, no, I'm tired of this. You're coming with me. And he runs and jumps off a cliff and like swan dives <laughs> into the water. And then he's like, I never felt so free. And I just love that we get that I've moment. I've never felt so alive. Yeah, oh, that's it. Yes, yes. <laughs> with the, um, the guy from Jurassic Park. And- yes. I just love it so much. And I love that we get to see Tantor's character like experience this adventure and like this thrill. Uh, so they go to help set free Tarzan and Jane and the professor. And I do like the bit where the boat moves. So we know that Tantor is now on the boat, yeah. like the whole ship moves. Uh, so Kala said, Kerchak starts seeing flares. Every, all the apes start freaking out. And this is when everybody comes into where they're at and starts capturing them. So this is another very intense scene. You know, um, apes are being captured in cages and nets and uh tarzan's headed their way he's also getting all the other animals we watch him interacting like the hippos start coming with yeah. him the rhinos the elephants everybody all the pachyderms yeah they're all they're all kind of with tarzan going I'm like to doing save big the flexes on my really on this one uh so clayton goes love me some pachyderms clayton goes to shoot and then this is where tarzan comes in with all the animals 
And then Kerchik says, you came back, and Tarzan says, I came home. That's another, like, mm-hmm. emotional line. This is also where he shoots it. Kerchak and I went ah! like I like verbally was like what yeah he shoots at Kerchak <laughs> then we don't see Kerchak for a little bit and then he goes after Tarzan and he's like this I was looking for a challenge and once I get you then yeah. everything else will be easy Jane goes to save Kala who's in a cage and this is where the monkey always go always help your mother-in-law it'll help in the long yes, term yes, I, can, I, I can speak from experience yeah, yeah, yeah. always <laughs> always saddle up to the mother-in-law uh I do love my mother-in-law but it's always nice. Uh, you catch more. She's blinking much more with, than no. You catch normal. more flies. Is it flies with honey? Bees with honey? What you is catch that more phrase? flies with honey than bees. Yeah, I mean, she said the words "I love my mother-in-law," but yeah, uh, I, I guess I, I didn't mean it like that. Her, oh, eyes, are, her eyes are blinking like a captive. Take this out. Take this out. Uh, <laughs> But we get to see the the monkey and and the baboons. I guess that monkey is a baboon. He's just the baby version of the baboons. But we see them. They come in and they save. Well, Jane. I don't know. They've got an elephant in the gorilla troop. Maybe there's <laughs> a monkey point. hanging out Good with point. the baboon Good flange. Uh, but they come to save Jane because as Jane saves Kala, she kind of gets captured. And they still have the boot and the umbrella. I yes. love that the monkey still has her belongings. Well, he's wearing it like a helmet. Yes. So then Clayton. As he's going after Tarzan, this is where we get a very intense interaction and villain death. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they are interacting with one another and they're fighting and Tarzan kind of wraps him up in all of these vines and he breaks his gun. So now he uh, Clayton just has a knife and he starts cutting away. That's a machete. Yeah, I guess it's <laughs> a machete, yes. He starts cutting away at everything, not realizing that the more he cuts, like he's going to fall. He's not holding on to anything. Mm-hmm. And then one gets wrapped around his neck and Tarzan is trying to give him a heads up that that's happening. And he winds up hanging himself and we see his shadow in the lightning. It's a, yeah, it's, it's very quick, it's, but it's very dark. And he falls from pretty high to where he hangs himself, you, even though we don't see it. Do you think the discussion was, and then he falls from a great height and then they go, well, let's do something different. And it was a, just a bad well, choice. I, I want to bring Brie in here for this because she mentioned something specific about Tarzan with how he oh, right, goes right, right. after... Um, different animals and things and how he kills enemies enemies in the wild. But I'm wondering if they pulled from that or if they just came on that on their own. But Brie, you said when you were reading in the book where you got to. Yeah, it's, it's not good. Um, But Tarzan finds out early on that he can make rope uh, and it becomes his favorite, one of his favorite ways to fight and kill things. Hmm. Yeah. So I have a, a, a fact to take us out of that dark. That's great. <laughs> I've just got one or two more things because we're towards the end of the film. A group of hippos is called a bloat. A bloat? <laughs> yes. That's funny. It also has a, an extra thing. It says a group of giraffes is called a tower, but we didn't see any towers in this. No, he does They mentioned the giraffe. Yeah, oh, Jerk says he's Drop me like, like a, a baby, baby giraffe. Yes. Yeah, I'll okay. let Bree do the quotes because I don't remember <laughs> them nearly as well. Uh, but then... Tarzan goes to Kerchak, and it is very clear that Kerchak is not going to survive. And he says, you've always been one of us. Take care of them, my son. And I bawled. Like, that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that happens. All the gorillas follow Tarzan. 
He kind of becomes the new alpha. And then the next thing we see is Jane and Tarzan <clears throat> saying goodbye on the shore. And she gets in the rowboat and they say goodbye. And the dad says, you should stay. Like, you love him. Yes. Like, why are you coming back? There's no reason. You need to go. And we get one of my favorite parts in yes. the movie, which is where she jumps off the boat. And then her skirt, her big, giant Victorian her, skirt, yeah. like, whoop, like, they do such a good job of, of doing that for a second. And make it feel very realistic. Realistic, and, but not, like, because it's a goofy thing to do, but they don't yeah. make it cartoonish. Like, it's yeah. just, it's very Jane. It's very, I loved it. It was really great. And then uh, they kiss and they embrace and all the monkeys are watching. Like, every, the apes. I keep doing it. I'm so sorry. Uh, for our ape enthusiasts out there, uh, the all the apes it's not are planet of the monkeys. <laughs> all the apes are watching. It's it's this really sweet moment again where they touch hands yes. first. You know that intimacy comes back, and then the father's on the rowboat and he's like, "What am I doing?" Yeah. and he tells the captain, he's like, "Tell them you never found us. People go missing all the time in the jungle." And like, and the captain looks like he could care. He couldn't yeah. care less. He's, He's like, like, sure. Literally, you guys sent me here to pick you up. Now you don't want to like, leave. All this is just I a just long have to get to trip. London. Like, I have and to they leave all their to... stuff too on the boat. Yeah. yeah, I have to figure out how to uh, run a steamer ship with like three, three crew members. Of my, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my crew has been, you know, has, has mutinied. Yeah. So uh, we then the ending scene is just everyone being one. Jane in the jungle with Tarzan swinging. We get to see her dad swinging in from a loincloth for like a second. It's <laughs> really that was great. I, I just love the way it ends, and it ends with the title. Tarzan comes in at the very end, and that's the end of the film. Um, real quick before we dive into the questions, guys, a group of rhinoceroses. Rhinoceri is called a crash. There was a rhinoceros in here, so and it did crash through. So that's why I wanted to do that. Um, Now there's it's a a rumba of rattlesnakes that can't be real. I feel like it's just all like what they the sound effects that they would make or like. I guess it's a shiver of sharks. It's it's there anyway. I could do this all day, but we won't. So they've got the alliteration going with some of them. That's true. There you go. the episode questions we ask every episode how was the princess and the princess in this case would be tarzan mm-hmm. perfect um i cannot tell you how much i love tarzan like i i think he's you know usually i like the goofier funnier characters but i think he was just serious enough for this i think this was a a more serious story which mm-hmm. is funny because it's like a man lives with monkeys Sorry, <laughs> apes. you did it too oh my goodness mm-hmm. um but like i thought his like I loved the the mimicry he was doing. I thought it was funny. Mm-hmm. I loved there was like a you know a, a bigger plot point that I think they played the emotional parts well. I think he moved well. I think he was. I, I loved him. I, he's he, one of my favorites now. I yeah, loved this movie. He was very emotive, and I love what Bree said in the beginning when you were describing his features. How his features looked very different from a lot of protagonists mm-hmm. we've seen up to this point. I really focused on that with this viewing, and I really appreciate it how different he looks from a lot of the other famous Disney characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I really think they did a, a very good job and, as always, put a lot of thought into how he was going to move and what he was going to look like. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I feel like we know what Bree thinks here. <laughs> I love Tarzan so much. He He's very unique. With they, I love how well... They integrate his 
movements and mannerisms and physiology with his environment. His mm-hmm. his hands are a little curved like the gorillas, and his legs you don't see straighten out and really until he tries to stand like a human and he he's as dexterous with his feet as his hands when he's moving around like he could use one or the other, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I think they did really really good attention to detail with his design and he looks very different from all the other princes and even in like the hairstyle and the face yeah a lot of good hair in this like the ape's hair like turk when there's movement of turk's hair movement of jane's hair tarzan when they're wet like when when tantor jumps in with turk and he's Mm -hmm. like uh he the turk is like covering him like a toupee yeah um how is the prince in this case that would be jane um, I could go on, but I don't want to sound like a creep, so I'll let you guys go. I really like Jane. I thought she was delightful. She was just quirky enough for me. You know, she was intelligent. You could tell that, you know, she was worldly in a sense, but she also had this curiosity to her and this kindness and this gentleness to her that I really liked a lot. Uh, Brie? I liked her too. I When I was a kid, I was always real like, angry about female characters that I thought were just, like, not cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I saw her. I love her. She she doesn't ever feel like she's unable to do something because she's a girl in a dress or whatever. Like, she's, yeah. she's always so excited to learn and explore and do, do all the things that catch her fancy. Yeah. I think she does seem out of place in the environment, but that's the point. I don't think it's yeah. because she's a woman or whatever. Um, I'm interested. My, my big thing is I want to know how she handles, you know, the, living in the jungle now, which we can all find out by <laughs> oh uh, checking out the corresponding, the, the television series, The Legend of Tarzan. Interesting. Uh, which eventually three episodes, unaired episodes, were linked together for the first sequel to this movie, Tarzan and Jane. Maybe one day we'll do all the Disney sequels. I think you are setting <laughs> us up for failure and a bad time with it. Because remember how we started talking about the Hunchback sequel? And, and the Pocahontas. Like, one yes where so we're she like goes please let's not do these yeah um they also did tarzan 2 which is a prequel so it's oh. all when he's a kid that's huh. kind of interesting um how were the sidekicks and henchmen i Perfect. want to talk first about uh, por- uh mr porter professor porter archimedes something porter. archimedes q porter yes, yes i was gonna say q i didn't think that was right i think i was making it up <laughs> i loved him he gave me vibes of maurice a little bit Belle's father mm-hmm. and i think the relationship between him and jane it's not the same as Belle and maurice but the um, the feeling the connection they have uh, there's a lot similar. of love there not yeah. a lot of dysfunction and i mm-hmm. like that yeah I, he was my favorite he was great i know you guys he was like also kooky and quirky oh god i'm obsessed with tantor <laughs> who was your favorite brie favorite psychic oh psychic man or, i guess it really wasn't a henchman or just yeah. friend or buddy i don't know yeah. um i mean i can split this and say turk i mean i love them all but i love turk is so very much like oh forget him i'm done with it you know like she, yeah. she's very much like I'm not putting up with Tarzan, but also I love him and I'm going to save him if I have to. Yeah. And, and a lot of funny fun. lines from Turk, too. Mm-hmm. A lot of good delivery by Rosie O'Donnell in that. Favorite musical number. I think we kind of did this as we went along. I liked the <laughs> first one that I kid the Two Hearts. Two Worlds. Two, two worlds. worlds. Yeah. How about you, Brie? 
I, I mean, I love all of them. There's even an instrumental bit that I listen to all the time called A Wondrous Place that I love mm. so much. Um, mm. I really like the Son of Man montage. I think oh, it's, yeah, you mentioned that. it's not objectively the best song in it, I think. Not that it's bad, but I just love that, that montage of him, like, going from, I don't really belong and I'm very different to all the things that he can do because he's different. He's making mm-hmm. these, he's writing this bird with, with Turk, with this rope oh, he made. Yeah, and he's, right. he's built these like spears and stuff. And he's just having a grand time, just learning what he can do and trying to contribute with mm. Tantor and blowing the, the termite mouth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, yeah. Well, I do like that it shows that not only can he do stuff, but he's helpful to the troop. Yeah, he's yeah. being creative in his own way, like you said, Bree. Like, you know, he's doing things that the troop can't do and helping them. So he, he's making himself kind of fit in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I like, it's not, I don't think it's the best song, but I love Trash in the Camp. And I think yeah. I like it for its percussiveness. And as a kid, it was the one that I really gravitated to. In sync version or this one from the the one from the movie, but the in sync okay. version is very good. I'm not going to discount it. Okay. I like the in sync version too. Um, does it hold up? Now we talked. I think there's some instances that we should talk about. I think we were worried about ethnic representation, and other than you know the thing we've talked about is still happening a lot this time. Of this is an all white cast. Uh, there's there's no people of color in the movie at all, mm-hmm. represented poorly or otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um. There's a lot of guns in this in this movie. Yeah, I think that's the one takeaway. You know, I mean, Clayton is a hunter, but guns are very prominent. Uh, not only the sound of the gun, but actually seeing it in action. I was going to say, with the gun, it's used a lot and it's an important plot point. But I think they do a really good job of showing how dangerous it is, yeah. too. Yes. Like, this isn't... This isn't just a cool tool that these guys have. You can't teach a lesson about firearms if you don't talk about firearms. Yes, and I do think that when I was mentioning in the plot where he's very gun-happy, I think we see how dangerous that can be because he almost hits, I think, Jane at one point. Um, you know, Jane and pushes the gun away a couple of times yeah. this, while he's about to shoot it. So I do think that's a good point to bring mm-hmm. up, Bree. Thank you for mentioning that. Uh, but just something to let you know, parents know. There's some very oh, intense scenes yeah. in this. This is definitely a PG, I think, at this point. If it's not, you know, if it wasn't rated that uh, initially. Yeah, and just we've mentioned the dark moments in the plot, but the things to look mm-hmm. out for. Yeah. Well, here we go, guys. All we right. are rating. We, now we <laughs> are going to be rating two villains this time. Now, Bree, uh, you've have you you've heard it. You know how it works. We're good to go. Right? Yeah. The we only rated- the only thing I need is the order of the rankings, which sure, we'll sure go thing. to. <laughs> have we rated two villains before? Oh yeah. Why we can't I four think of in any? Pinocchio? Oh, I guess that's point. true. Okay, never mind. Sorry, yeah, I just like couldn't there's think been of movies any with off multiple. The top of my yeah, head. yeah, yeah. They haven't done it in a while. Yeah, that must be why. Um, but I think I think Sabor. definitely Sabor is a legit villain in this. So, yeah, and we'll go into why. I was just going to go into why, and I'm like, well, we're about to do the questions. So, <laughs> so let's start with Sabor. Uh, frightening. I'd rate him. He gets a five for me. He kills five? Kala's baby, or infant. And kills nice, yes, nice. and kills Tarzan's parents. Like it's very clear that like those bloody footprints are Sabor's footprints in yes. the in the treehouse. So he gets a five from me. 
I don't know that I would go as high as a five because I, even as a kid, I don't remember ever kind of ever really being afraid of this character. I think a four for sure, because there are a lot of shots where you don't know that he's there and he is like seeing him painted in the background. I never saw that until now, even as a kid. I I think, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh no. They do. They just do a really good job of making it this kind of like, you just, you never know when this thing's going to come out. I I would say the same thing as you, Brie. I don't remember him as like when I was looking at my notes, that's why I didn't like know his name because I don't remember him at all from being a kid, but as an adult, I found him much more threatening and it could be because yeah. of what he does. Uh, I'm going to give him a four because I'm a big, strong boy and afraid of nothing. Uh, <laughs> so funny. Do we even need to discuss funny? There's, no. I don't think he's meant to be funny. No. no. Okay. So one's across the board for funny. Uh, fierce. Now this is an interesting one. Cause like, <laughs> I think he's definitely fierce in another definition, but I don't necessarily like, the drag queen there's a confidence like an animalistic confidence to him there's a I, sleekness to him uh, yeah in the way he there's moves. no yeah like when he appears it's always like oh shoot he's here it's never like i'm here yeah there's no intro there's no yeah. like fanfare i'd give Look him a me. two just because i think like a leopard has some sort of animalistic energy yeah. but i think i think i i think that's being pretty generous i'm gonna give him a two as well okay what do you think brie I, yeah, I, you don't have I, to I feel like I would, well, I feel like I would have to really justify a one. Um, yeah. So a two, I think would be good for me. Too. I don't think he lacks energy. That's a good yeah, way of looking at it. I don't think he deserves a, a three one. Or four. But yeah. yeah. Um, effective. I'm going to give him a five because yeah. he ate every, almost everyone he went and for. And he hurt Kerchak because Tarzan Kerchak. winds up saving him. He attacked him because, it everybody. Yeah, he gets a five. Yeah, me. I think he is an effective five. Yeah, I mean, uh, he he is purely a, a creature of the jungle that is, the effect is, this is what the tribe, the troop yes. fears. This is something that Tarzan kind of has to overcome with with a way that the tri- the troop hasn't overcome in the past mm-hmm. um it was just always this thing also i'm not sure uh leopards last 18 years so good for him <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah good point. i mean he did get killed by tarzan but yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i that's, think he that's just, just, just how goal, things he's go a predator, yeah so i think yeah, yeah he meets i'd go goal. with a five okay uh design oh so good yeah, Do you I, like it a lot? I, I really liked his design. It's oh, very man. sleek, and I thought the colors, even though he is kind of vibrant, when they have him fit in, you know, when he's camouflaged in the jungle, I really like that piece of him. I do think he's got this Shere Khan vibe to him that I really it's, enjoy. It's weird that you say that, because like, the thing I like, when I think Shere Khan vibe, I like the part where he's talking to Ka, and he's like kind of confident. So, that feels like he's got more fierce... Yeah, I guess my Shere Khan vibe is the sleekness and the, like, I think the predatorness of Shere Khan is more what I think. But I agree with you. Yeah, the the confidence piece, and we don't hear him talk, so we don't know anything about him from that. But I think I'm going to give him a four. Okay. What do you think, uh, Brie? Well. Too late. It's in. What do you want to do? I was going to give him between a three and a four, but I I think I'm rating him a little higher, and I don't know why. I'm giving him a three. I'm going to give him a three. I was going to say, I, I don't want to rank him too high because we're comparing him to other villains where it's like, 
his his role is so completely different. But he he's so separate from every other person and animal in this movie in that we don't communicate with him at all. Tarzan even communicates with the baboons. We don't communicate with him. His, the animal, all the other animals have such great facial expressions. You can always tell what they're feeling. And this guy is always just different it's it's all there's always a little bit of a disconnect you're not empathizing with this creature it's it's very much something that you just have to run away from the way that they did the movement and the weight of like you could tell where the muscles were where the bones were and where skin was just hanging based on how they did the movement of different Mm. parts of his limbs i think because of how he was drawn to and not so much not so much that this leopard is so much more interesting to look at than other leopards but i think they the way he was animated was so good i'm gonna give him a four or a five Ooh, i don't know which one do you want to give him oh i'm gonna go with a four i don't Bree, you've talked me back into my original gut yeah four okay. Because, no, when you mentioned the weight, I think that's what I was trying to describe by another reason I feel like he feels like Shere Khan. The movement yeah. to him. I think you described it so much better than what how are you I gonna do when he beats Shere Khan? I yeah. think very well. Yeah, I guess he could beat him, but okay. I wouldn't give him a five just because it's also plain leopard. You know. Okay. But the way they did that plain leopard was so good. Mm-hmm. Go away, Heat. <laughs> he eats a baby. Yeah, he's a five. And he goes to eat another baby. Uh, and, a, like, ba- a, a baby. A baby. But he, he is he is a baby eater. Like five. I Yeah, I think he's a five with me. I was like, you... He is gonna be high. This is funny. I didn't even know we'd be rating him today. <laughs> uh what do you what do you think, Bree? What's your number? I'd give him a high one for sure too, because like every time we see him and interact with him. It's so urgent. Yes. For for we're, we're with the main characters, and it's very much like a oh shoot, oh shoot, we need to like get through this, get over this encounter with this thing, like well, go away, get <laughs> That feels like that might be more frightening or something else. This uh, this is more of like you. This is so subjective. This is how. But yeah, you when felt I'm like... when I'm empathizing with these characters, yeah, it's okay. like oh no, oh shoot, no, get away, you know. I'm gonna do uh, go away. Uh, I wanna say. But I also was so excited to see it because it was like, oh, that's done really well. I'll do a four. Okay. I don't think uh, it's a five for me. Yes factor for me is a one. Like, I... Yeah. I Partially because I didn't like this character in Kingdom Hearts. That's a big part of it. <laughs> like, the the, the, <laughs> the leopard was a hard boss for me when I... I remember you, watching you do it. I think you killed it pretty quick. And I was like, hey. Like, I was oh, kind of yeah. upset. <laughs> uh, what's your yes factor, Tara? What did you give? I gave a one. You didn't even think we'd be rating it as a villain. I yeah, will say that. Yeah, so I'm going to say a one. What do you yeah. think, Bree? Yeah, I don't. I think I would have to justify giving them any kind of yes mm-hmm. factor. All right. Uh, Clayton. Yeah. Let's All start right. with frightening. I think he has similar Gaston type frightening where it's like he's kind of, I think he's less buffoonish than Gaston. Yeah. But then at the end, he gets so animalistic. Gets I don't know what crazed. number that gets him for me. Well, we were saying Gaston, he had a mix of Radigan, and who was the one I said, and now I can't remember? Another villain that I thought he was giving off vibes. Oh, the hunter in The Rescuers. Yes, McLeach. McLeach. He had a little bit of that vibe, too. I 
I don't know. He's not a five for me. I know. No, that. same. Yeah. So I know I can at least eliminate that. I think I'm I'm going in between a three or a four. I think he becomes increasingly more frightening in the beginning. He he does have a humor to him, right? Yes. Like he's he's a little bit all bark and no bite in the beginning. Yeah, I think because for we that don't see him, him harm anything. Yeah. in the beginning, but by <laughs> just lots and lots of lots of, of flora. shooting at nothing. Yes, uh, well, or at at plants, yes. I guess. But um, I don't know, Bree. What do you think? I'm in between a three or a four. I haven't. I'm pretty middle of the road too. I might say three because a lot of if I'm gonna think of any strong emotion I get when I see him when he does when he even when he goes just ballistic at the end it's more like anger than fear it's like oh mm-hmm. this guy i can't believe he's betraying oh yeah what a jerk he's just there for the money and oh. all so, yeah i think i'm three's all around three's all around mm-hmm. funny i think he's kind of He's got a couple jokes that I enjoy. I like the bit about like the bird and stuff like that. Yeah, I think he's a two. I don't think he's like no funny at all, but I didn't like find myself laughing. But he has like one or two moments in there. I think a lot of the humor involved with him is how Tarzan interacts with him, um, Mm, which isn't really his. Okay. So I. Yeah, yeah. Two. Yeah. Uh, Fierce. I think he's. He doesn't have that that drag queen energy, but he does have like this kind of like yes, old boy. Like I thought that was like I I like that kind of like adventurers club like his sleek little big pencil game mustache hunter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that might put him middle of the road for me. I'm gonna give him a two. You give him I'm a two. Throw it out there. Sorry, Clayton. <laughs> I'm gonna be crazy here, uh, and I'm gonna give him a four. Whoa, all right, that's not crazy. All right, for Tell one line. Um, when he first meets Tarzan, and Tarzan says Clayton, he's like, have we met? But later on the boat, when Tarzan says Clayton again, and he goes, have we met? Oh my yeah, gosh, that callback that was, good... was just that's, yeah, so that's very... A connection. I like that. I Just for that one line, it was just like, oh my gosh, this guy. I was going to say effective. Now, originally I was going to go... what did you give him for... I gave him a three. You gave him a three. So we, we, we all average out. I was originally going to say with effective pretty low because I was like, well, he wants to kill a gorilla and he can't kill a gorilla, but he kills a gorilla. Yeah, you just didn't mm-hmm. know that. I just forgot. You didn't forget. You didn't I know. I didn't put it together like now. Oh, like, I see yeah. what you're saying. I yeah, yeah, yeah. Saying. Well, he was also there. I mean, why are you doing this? And he said, oh, for a 300 pounds sterling ahead. Yeah, you know? yeah. he doesn't he's make his money. He's more f- I was going to put him really low on effectiveness, and now I think he's maybe I, middle of the road. I think he's very effective because, oh. well, okay, here's why. is because that manipulative piece comes into play. He was never there to guide them and protect them in the jungle. His main <laughs> goal was always to find the gorillas to capture them. You mm. can't tell yeah. me that, like... He just happened, like, his character is a hunter through and through. And I think he manipulated or misguided, you know, like, he led them to believe, oh, I'm going to keep you safe in the jungle. But mm-hmm. all he really want, he got what he wanted. He found where the gorillas were and he killed the alpha gorilla. So I think he was very effective. So what's your number? I think I'm going to give him a five. A five! Yeah, because he did what he set out to do. He no, he didn't make the money off of it, but hypothetically, if he lived, he could have dragged out Kerchak and gotten the money for him being Fair. stuffed. Fair. So I don't know. I'm giving him a five. Bree, what's your? I'm a, I'm a little more stingy with my fives in this category because I feel like the five should be you did everything, and then it's like 
there should be a whole new scene where the hero has to figure out how to cope with what you've done. Mm. And this one, I think his undoing was that he just kind of got too into it with Tarzan at the end. And he's going to be a four for me because he doesn't bring them back and get the money. He doesn't even get them on the ship. But he does... He gets with them, he makes sure he finds the location, he gets their trust, he he gets to even see the gorillas. I think you guys have talked me into a four. Well, were you, you were going to do a three? <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, it's not super far off. Yeah. Uh, design. I really liked his look. Like, he yeah. looked, like, you talk about he had a big hairy forearms and, like, mm-hmm. his sleeves rolled up. Like, he had one look, but I... I liked it. I don't think it was like the best look ever, but I think that's a four for me. I like I like that big game hunter look. I think I'm gonna give him a three. Okay. But I enjoy I enjoyed his look, but not quite as much as you. Bree? Yeah, I'm gonna give him a three too. Um okay. if I saw him in another movie of the same animation style and he was just a character, it would be like, That's a cool design, but he probably gets a bump up for the mustache for me. Probably. Yeah. yeah. Uh, go away heat. Now I don't think he has baby killer go away heat, <laughs> but he kills Kerchak. He's a slime. Like I, what that scene on the boat is when he gets like the high go away heat for me. I think he's a four for me. But that scene, I think I literally was like, ugh. He's when he fi- when he pretends to not know Tarzan. The scene that Bree mentioned earlier. Yeah. yeah. So he gets a I think a four for me. I'm gonna do the same. What do you think, Bree? I'm gonna go with a three. I I liked his I liked how Tarzan interacts with him and what he adds to the beginning at least at the end it's a little higher probably but i think i'm gonna give a three as well because like i think he had some stuff i'm gonna bump it down to a three i think i'm i I will explain why i'm I'm doing things a little high for him because i think i'm gonna give him a three for yes factor and here's why because when i started it was clearly one i'm like i don't really like this character or anything by the end i was like this guy is great like i love he was a great heel to root against like yeah I love just, just you know, just, you know, being like, oh, this slime. Oh, like, he's a, you know, it's it's wrestling. He's a good guy. I, I wanted to be like, get him in here so he can, someone could beat him up. Blah. Like, I wanted him to lose. Now, I didn't necessarily want him to die the way he did. Yeah. <laughs> However, I was excited by that. By the end, I was wanting him to be in more scenes. I think I might actually rate it a two because of how I started this. But if we were to do this movie again and do this ranking again, I think he'd get a three. So I'm actually going to put him at a two because, I, like I said, I don't want to overextend by how excited i was for him i'm gonna give him a two because okay. i i because i know the villains i like am super pumped for and i wasn't necessarily yeah. super pumped for him at the start i think he played the part he needed to in the film right but yes uh brie what do you give him i agree with tara i'm gonna stick with the two for the same reasons. across the board okay here we go all right let's see let's where they do... fall the freaking leopard's going to be higher than him. I think so, yeah. Which I, again, yeah. Wasn't even really <laughs> Ryan's expecting weakness. to rank Thanks. him. All right. With a score of 21, coming in at 20th place is Clayton. With a score of 21.7, oh, coming wow. in at 18th is Sabor. The leopard we didn't know we'd be rating this. Oh my gosh. I think a lot of that Wait, has... Sabor is ranked above Frollo Above Frollo. That, I think, is wild. Frollo did not eat a baby. That's, That's all a I'm point. saying. That is a good point. <laughs> I 
I think that edges him over yeah, Frollo. Yeah, fair enough. Um, guess who he's right below who who needs redemption is Lady Tremaine. I know. We need to re-rank <laughs> Poor Lady, Lady Tremaine. Tremaine. She was our yeah. first one we ever ranked, right? Yes. Yeah, so um, I think we were stingy with I her. think the pool is tainted at this point. I think we can't objectively do it. I guess that's true. Um. So the final question, I think we know Bree's answer. I think we might know everybody's answer is, do we keep this one, put it in the clamshell edition on the shelf, or do we lock it away in the vault forever, never to be seen again? This one gets a special place on the shelf for me. I liked it too as my first time going through it. Bree? I mean, if we're going by amount of times watched, it's (laughs) Tarzan, Avatar, Lord of the Rings. (laughs) So this was the top of my shelf. I I mean, I... I always want to have a copy of this movie available. No matter, like, whenever you upgrade formats, you just want to... Yeah, I've got it on DVD, but I can watch on Disney+. Plus. But if I move or get rid of my movies, I want to keep that one. Uh, Well, Bree, thank you so much for joining us yet again. Uh, We will see you again for Brave, I believe, is the next one we're going to see. Brave. And so, uh, (laughs) as you know, we always ask our uh, guests if they want to plug a personal project uh, something they've been, uh, some piece of media they've been enjoying over the uh, pandemic, or just a sentiment they want to put out in the world. Uh, please feel free to plug away. Uh, there are a lot of things I was talking about, like he wouldn't have been able to learn human language. Blah blah blah. I'm gonna plug not letting your specialized knowledge get in the way of your enjoyment of the <laughs> things that you like to see. Yeah. I... Right? <laughs> Just I, had, I had a very personal moment with that. I won't go into detail, but I had that happen last night. <laughs> yeah. Just it, sometimes if someone asks you, like Arrival, you as a linguist and someone who does conlings, how did you like Arrival? Well, I could get into this other stuff, but yeah. I had fun watching it, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. I, I love Tarzan, and I don't care if he could speak or not. It's fantasy. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Bree. Uh, I believe our next movie is Fantasia 2000 with another returning oh, guest who will join the, the three, three timers, timers club. <laughs> We're gonna have to like come out, get you guys a pin or something. A for jacket, the three, a yeah, nice, three nice timers jacket. club. Now you have to just get me more episodes. <laughs> yeah, we can do that. Yeah, you should, like, <laughs> I'm we got rivals now. Uh, but yeah, thanks, guys. We'll see you next time for Fantasia 2000. Thanks for listening to Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. If you want to tell us your favorite Disney villain and why it's guest on, send us an email at trprincessdiaries at gmail.com. Or you can send a tweet about how great Maleficent is to at TRP Diaries. Check out our Facebook group by searching for Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries are available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Overcast, and many more. Wherever you hear us, please be our knight in shining armor and give us a five-star review. Thanks again, and until next time, remember to always live happily ever after.